Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. This morning, um, and I want to I title it this morning, the, the Powerful Impact of Obedience. Um, I want to talk to you just a little bit about obedience today, and I want to talk to you about um, the, the blessings and the benefits and the impact um, that obedience has uh, in our lives and, and the difference that it makes in, in our everyday lives and, and how it affects not just us, but also our family, our friends, our, our church family, the church body, the community as a whole. So I want to share this with you from Deuteronomy chapter 11. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation today. This is what it says. It says, You must love the Lord your God and always obey His requirements, decrees, regulations, and commands. Keep in mind that I'm not talking now to your children who have never experienced the discipline of the Lord your God or seen His greatness and His strong hand and powerful arm. They didn't see the miraculous signs and wonders He performed in Egypt against Pharaoh and all his land. They didn't see what the Lord did to the armies of Egypt and to their horses and chariots, how he drowned them in the Red Sea as they were chasing you. He destroyed them, and they have not recovered to this very day. Uh, when God steps in, when God takes care of the problem, it's taken care of. I said when God steps in and takes care of the problem, it's taken care of. Amen. Your children didn't see how the Lord cared for you in the wilderness until you arrived here. They didn't see what he did to Dathan and Abram, the sons of Elab, a descendant of Reuben, when the earth opened its mouth and the Israelite camp and swallowed them, along with their households and tents and every living thing that belonged to them. But you have seen the Lord perform all of these mighty deeds with your own eyes. Therefore, be careful to obey every command I'm giving you today so that you may have strength to go in and take over the land you're about to enter. If you obey, you will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors and to you, their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land you are about to enter and take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you came, where you planted your seed and made irrigation ditches with your foot as in a vegetable garden. Rather, the land you will soon take over is a land of hills and valleys with plenty of rain, a land that the Lord your God cares for. He watches over it through each season of the year. If you carefully obey the commands I am giving you today, and if you love the Lord your God and serve Him with all your heart and soul, then He will send the rains in their proper seasons, the early and late rains, so that you can bring in your harvests of grain, new wine, and olive oil. He will give you lush pasture land for your livestock, and you yourselves will have all you want to eat. But be careful. Do not let your heart be deceived so that you turn away from the Lord and serve and worship other gods. If you do, the Lord's anger will burn against you. He will shut up the sky and hold back the rain, and the ground will fail to produce its harvest. Then you will quickly die in that good land the Lord is giving you. So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Be careful to obey all these commands I am giving you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in His ways and holding tightly to Him. Then the Lord will drive out all the nations ahead of you, though they are much greater and stronger than you, and you will take over their land. Wherever you set your foot, that land will be yours. Your frontiers will stretch from the wilderness in the south to Lebanon in the north and from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. 
No one will be able to stand against you, for the Lord your God will cause the people to fear and dread you, as he promised wherever you go in the whole land. Look, today I am giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. You will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, but you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from him and worship gods that you have not known before. When the Lord your God brings you into the land and helps you take possession of it, you must pronounce the blessing at Mount Gerizim and the curse at Mount Ebal. These two mountains are west of the Jordan River in the land of the Canaanites who live in the Jordan Valley near the town of Gilgal, not far from the Oaks of Morah. For you are about to cross the Jordan River to take over the land the Lord your God is giving you. And when you take that land or living in it, you must be careful to obey all the decrees and regulations I am giving you today. Deuteronomy chapter 11, uh, powerful, uh, powerful uh, revelation and insight that the Lord gives to his people as they're about to receive the inheritance, the promise, the blessing that God has established for their lives. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to take a moment and can we just can we just give God praise this morning for his word? Can we give him thanks this morning for his Holy Spirit and his presence in our lives? And can we just invite the Holy Spirit right now to speak to our hearts and to minister to us today in this place? Heavenly Father, we just come before you today and God, we just give you praise. Lord, you're just so good. God, you're so awesome and there's no one else like you. Lord, there's no one that can even begin to compare to how incredibly awesome and and wonderful you are. God, we thank you this morning for your love. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and your goodness to us. Lord, we thank you that you are our provider, that you are our protector. Lord, that every good thing that we have comes from you. And that, Lord, in every situation, in every circumstance, in every season of our lives, that, Lord, you're faithful. God, you're faithful to take the things that the enemy intended for evil, to turn and use them for, your, for our good, for your glory. God, to see your kingdom come and your will be done. So, Lord, we worship you today. And God, we give you praise and we give you thanks today for your word and for your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you now to come into this place, come into our homes today and speak to our hearts. God, let us hear what you are saying to us today. Lord, I pray that our ears would be open. Lord, that our hearts would be ready to receive the word of God. That Lord, if we're in desperate need of your love, that your love would be poured out. God, if we're in desperate need of healing, that healing would come. That Lord, if there's something that's keeping us from the fullness of your word and of your promise that Lord you would show us today and in your love and in your power that you would break the curses of the enemy and that we would walk in the freedom and the peace and the joy and the purpose of what you've established for us Lord we worship you today God we thank you for your glory and your goodness we give you all the praise in Jesus today amen and amen he's here today amen amen you may be seated thanks for praying with me over this word today. I'm excited about this word and, uh, and sharing it with you. And I read all of Deuteronomy chapter 11, which uh, was a lot for, for a text. Uh, I, don't always, I don't always read that much, but I wanted to have the full context of that. And I'm going to reference a couple other places where the Lord addresses this. But I want to talk about the blessings of, uh, of, of obedience. I want to talk about the impact that obedience has in our life. And the word is clear. We see this in, in Deuteronomy chapter 11. We see what happens uh, when we walk in, in obedience to what God has said, when we walk in obedience uh, to the commands and to the directions and to the instructions that God has given.
given us. And what happens uh, when we fail to follow those instructions, when we fail to walk in obedience to what God has said in our life, a, a verse that has been heavy on my heart for us this year in 2022 comes from Romans chapter 12. Verse number two, and it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, there's nothing like being in the perfect will of God. There's nothing like being in the perfect will of God. Being in the will of God opens our lives up to the blessings, to the benefits, to the joys, to the, to the, the power of God's presence, to the power of his word at work within our lives. And one of the key things for us as, as believers, one of the key things for us as the church is to understand the impact that obedience has in our lives, the impact that obedience makes in our lives. Um, when we talk about in, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, when we look at the blessings and the curses and we see uh, the, the difference in what happens when we're obedient, what happens when we're disobedient, what happens when we walk according to the Word of God and when we walk against the Word of God, we see the, the impact that the, that the decision makes on our lives. And one of the biggest things that the enemy uh, will, will do and one of the biggest things that the enemy tries to do in the church is to try to render us uh, powerless and ineffective. And so the enemy is constantly working to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that from what Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, but Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly, that you and I would have the revelation of the word of God, that we would have the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would have the truth and the, and the confidence to respond according to what God is revealing, according to what God is speaking, and how God is moving and how God is working in our lives. So when we look at Deuteronomy chapter 11, we see... See, um, we see this instruction that's being given to God's people before they possess, before they step in to possess the promised land and the purposes that God's intended for them. I believe that as the church, that we are on the brink of seeing one of the greatest moves of God uh, that we have ever seen. I believe it's uh, the, the, the move of God that is coming is like, like nothing that the church of today has ever seen. I just, I firmly believe that. I believe that uh, it eclipses what happened at the Azusa Street Revival. I believe that it eclipses what happened in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. I believe that everything that has been taking place, everything that has been leading up to this moment has been, has been the enemy doing whatever he can uh, to try to put a roadblock in front of what it is that God is about to do in his church. But I believe that in this season, what the enemy has intended for evil, God has been taking and turning and using for his good. I believe it's a season that God has been calling you and I closer to him than ever before, that we would listen to his voice, that we would dive into his word, that we would hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, and that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear, that we would see the revelation and the truth and the insight of what God is doing and of what God is about to do through his church. Friends, I'm here to tell you today, if you have said yes to the love of Jesus, you are not powerless, you are not imprisoned, you are not in bondage, you do not have to walk in fear, you do not have to walk in the chaos and in, in the, in the unknown of whatever it is that you may be facing or whatever it is that the world may be going on around you. It's what I love about that last song that we sang today. I've got joy in chaos and I've got peace that makes no sense. Why? Because I am a child of God. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. And I do not live according to the patterns and the systems and the precepts of this world, but I live according to what his word says. My heart is fixed on him. My eyes are fixed on him. 
My truth is found in Him. I don't base what I'm currently up against and what I'm currently going through based upon what everyone else is. I base it upon what the Word of God says and the truth and the revelation of His Word and the impact and the difference that it has in my life. So I walk in obedience to what His Word says. I trust Him and I respond according to the leading of His Holy Spirit because it's in that place that I experience the blessings that God has for me. The enemy's doing everything that he can in this season to imprison the church, to imprison the body of Christ, to, to captivate us with fear, to captivate us with worry, to captivate us with all of the different things, all of the different circumstances, all the different situations that are unfolding in our lives and in the world around us. But I'm here to tell you today that when you and I respond in obedience to what the Word of God says, we position ourselves not only for the blessings that God has for us, but for the freedom and the power of His Holy Spirit that He's given us. In this hour, in this season, to be the light, to be the hope, to, to share the truth, to share the goodness, to share the love, to share the blessings and the favor of God. Now, I'll tell you this, obedience isn't easy. <laughs> obedience isn't easy. And, and I think we all know this, and I think we can all attest to this because we've seen moments and we've seen times where either we ourselves or those around us have, have, have responded in rebellion instead of obedience. Rebellion is disobedience. It's choosing to do the opposite of, we, of what we know we're supposed to do. Many of us learn this with our parents. What happened when we obeyed their instruction, when we obeyed their rules for us, and what happened when we disobeyed their instructions. When I obeyed, it was wonderful. When I disobeyed, it was awful. Um, I was learning at a very young age, my parents were teaching me the importance of what happens when I am obedient and when I'm disobedient. So there were consequences for us in our house. We were grounded. Um, we, had, we had spankings when we were younger. The Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. Um, there's an importance to discipline and the impact that it has in our lives because it teaches us. Listen, to, I'm going to say this to all the parents that are here this morning that are joining us online. You are, not, you are not just raising a good child for today. You are raising the church of tomorrow. And so the things that you are teaching them today that seem like minim, minimal things, that seem like they don't make that big of a difference, and it seems hard in the moment to tell them no, to discipline them when they disobey, to do all those things, understand them. You're not, you're, not just, you're not just teaching them those things for today and the effect that it has on today. You're preparing them for what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and to understand the blessings and the benefits of obedience versus disobedience. So you're not, you're, you're not as bad as, as the enemy wants to make you feel. Or as your child wants to make you feel when you tell them no or when you discipline them. You're, you're on the right track. All right, You're showing them love. That's what love is. God loves us, so he disciplines us. And so that's, the, that's what happens. When we're obedient, when we follow the instructions, when we follow the will and the word of God, we reap the blessings of that. Obedience, though, is a challenge. It's not easy. It requires effort on our part. It requires a certain effort from us to be engaged, to be active in what it is that God is saying. He says multiple times in Deuteronomy chapter 11, remember, be careful to remember these instructions. Be careful to obey everything that God has said because obedience in our life is what positions us for the blessings and the favor that God has for us. It opens us up to the blessings that God has for us or the curse 
curses of the consequences that are waiting for us if we don't follow the instructions of what God has positioned for us. So when we walk in obedience, there's an incredible thing that begins to happen in our lives. So I want to share, I want to share this with you uh, this morning. Obedience affects you and I. Um, it, it affects us in three different ways. It affects us personally, number one, personally. It affects us, number two, it affects us generationally. And thirdly, it affects us collectively. So when you and I respond in obedience to what God has said, not only do we set ourselves up for the blessings that God has for us, but we also set ourselves up for the blessings that God has for the generations that come after us. And not only that those blessings for us and for the generations of our family that come after us, but also for the body of Christ, for the collective body, the nation, the people of God. And you are his people. Tell, tell your neighbor, we are his people. We are one big family. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the family. Glad you're here. We're all one family. Why? Because we've been adopted as sons of God. We've been grafted into the family of God. So what happens in my life and what happens in your life, when I walk in obedience today, or, or when I walk in obedience to what God has instructed me or what His Word has revealed to my life, what I position myself for is the blessings of God, but not just for myself, but for the next generation after me. And not just for that generation, but for the generation and the generation and the generation and the generation and the generation that comes after me. And the same is true for the body of Christ as a whole. When you and I respond in individual and personal obedience, we set the whole family of God up for the blessings of God. So when I'm faithful to do what God has told me to do in his word, and when I respond in obedience to what he said today, I've set you up for success tomorrow. Because I've positioned you for the blessings and the benefits of what God's established because I've said no to my flesh, no to the enemy, no to the, to the systems and to the patterns of this world, and yes to what the Word of God has said and positioned for my life. The same is true with curses. The same is true with curses. When I walk in disobedience to what God has said and I fail to follow through on the instruction of what God has said, those curses affect me personally, but not just me personally, but also generationally. And they don't just affect the next generation, they affect generation after a generation, after a generation, after a generation. And what happens as well is it affects the whole body of Christ. It robs the rest of the body from the ability to experience the blessings and the promises of God. So I'm going to work this backwards when I'm talking about this blessings and, and these blessings and these curses in our lives and understanding the impact of obedience for us as believers and as the church. Collectively, we see this happen when the Israelites are about to take possession of the promised land for 40 years before this. See, the plan that God had was to take them on a journey to, to, to show them who he had called them and who he had created them to be as, the, as his people. So his plan was to take them out of Egypt and it was to, to keep them out of the line of, of, of the Philistine armies, out of the, out of the way of, of, of the threats and, and all of the feelings of war and all of those things that would bring overmounting discouragement to them. Take them on a journey and through that journey begin to expose their past way of thinking, their past way of processing, of discerning, of operating, of how they lived and they functioned, to begin to rid them of those things so that when he brought them to the land that he had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they would come to that and they would be prepared to step into the promise that God had for them. Every single one of us, God takes us on the same journey. God takes us on the same journey. Tell your neighbor, I'm on a journey. Tell your neighbor, I'm on a journey. 
And so every single one of us, God is taking us out of our... So when you and I say yes to the love of God, and we say yes to the salvation that God has for us, we're no longer, we're no longer the same person that we were. Not, not that we received this, this you know, new look and this, and this totally different body. Lord, how I wish. I'm ready for the day, okay? I'm ready for the day. But what happens in my life, what happens in your life when we say yes to the love of God is that we're born again. So what happens is our flesh, our old self, our old way of thinking, our old way of doing, our old way of understanding is buried with Christ. And this is what is symbolized in water baptism. It's why we believe in full immersion. We're buried in Christ. And when we come out, we come out made new. We come out. The old is gone. The new is here, as God says. We come out as the new creation that God has called us, that God has established us to be, walking in the new identity and the new perspective of what God has for us. It's why we walk through the transformation that God has and why Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, talks about how God is, is leading us through that, that we're being renewed day by day. So just as God took the Israelites from Egypt to the promised land, God is taking you and I from what was in our life to what he has called, what he has established, and what he has promised for us as the church. So along that way and through that journey, God is exposing things of our past, ways that we used to understand, the ways that we used to process, ways that we used to respond, and instead positioning us as the church so that we stop thinking like we used to and stop thinking the way the rest of the world does and start thinking the way that he does. Because he wants us to understand and, and to realize that his ways are not our ways. That his thoughts are not our thoughts. That we may not fully understand, but that if we listen to what he has said in his word and we respond in obedience, we position ourselves for the blessings and the truth and the revelation of what, of what he's revealed. So what happens for the Israelites when they begin on this journey is they take off a cross. When it comes time for them to possess the promised land, what happens? Moses sends 12. He sends 12 spies into the promised land, and he says, go, survey the land. Moses was being a good leader. <laughs> he was saying, go, survey the land, check it out. See what, see what we're up against. See what we're, what we're dealing with. See, see what's happening. And out of the 12, there were only two that came back and said, we can. We can take this land. We can possess this land. Not because there aren't challenges, I think the biggest thing that the enemy fights so many of us on as believers and having said yes to Jesus, some of the biggest things that the enemy fights us on is, is, is the ability to live by faith. Understand something. When I say I'm living by faith, when you say that we're living by faith or when you hear somebody make those statements, it's not that we are naive to the realities and the challenges that are ahead. Joshua and Caleb weren't foolish. Joshua and Caleb were wise. They saw the giants. They saw the challenges. They saw the fortified cities. They saw all the resources that these people had. But Joshua and Caleb responded in faith, not fear. And the reason for that was because they looked at all of that and said, you know what, this is a huge challenge and it looks impossible and it doesn't look like anything's ever going to change. These people have been here for a long time. They've, had, they've got big cities. They've got, they've got great resources, vast resources. They, they are well, there's, there, there is no way that on our own that we could do this. But it was God who called us out of Egypt. It was God who delivered us. It was God who defeated our enemies and kept them defeated. And it was God who provided for us all the way over here to this point. And so there is no doubt in our mind that we can go in and take the land. I'm taking the land because God said take the land. 
So I realized that I'm not alone, and I'm, but there were 10 that instead of responding in faith, responded in fear. And their response and their fear and their decision to not go didn't just affect them, it affected the whole tribe. It affected the whole nation that God was bringing out. And so what happened is because of their fear, because of their lack of faith, because of their disobedience, because of their inability to see what God was saying and to see what God was wanting them to see through faith and through who he had called them to be, he left them there for 40 years in the wilderness until that generation was gone. Because God knew that there was no way that they could prevail in the battles and the challenges and the difficulties that laid before them if they were still operating in the old way of thinking. So when you and I find ourselves in challenges and trials and difficulties and seasons and moments where it seems impossible and it seems like there's no way out and there's no way through, and that what is God wanting to show us? Because what has God said about you and what has God said about me as the church? So what is my response to the situations that I see in front of me? Is it faith or is it fear? Do I see, am I seeing what God sees? Am I positioning myself to see what the Lord sees? Or am I only seeing the impossibility and the challenges that are ahead of me and not what God has positioned me? Because if I'm not careful, I will rob myself of the freedom that God has intended for me to have as a child of God to experience the breakthrough, to experience the fulfillment of his plans and his promises in my life. Instead of responding in obedience and saying, yes, Lord, and going forward in the direction that he has given me, I will respond in disobedience, and instead of bringing a blessing on the entire body, I'll bring a curse. And what happens with a curse is that it robs us of the blessings that God intended for us. Those who stayed in the wilderness for 40 years never experienced the blessings and the benefits of the promised land. They never experienced the blessings and the benefits of the promised land. And they could have if they'd have just said yes. The decisions that you and I make as the church and as the body of Christ today, when we say yes and respond in obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit, to the direction that God is calling us, positions us for the blessings and the benefits and the promises of God that He wants to do now, that He wants to do today, that He wants to do right now. Responding in a disobedience brings a curse. It limits the resources It limits the supplies, it limits the benefits, it limits all the things that God has intended and that God has purposed for us. In the same way, in the same way, it doesn't just affect, uh, it doesn't just affect the whole body, it also affects the generations of our family that come after us. I I love this in Exodus 34, uh, verses 4 through 7. So Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone like the first ones. Early in the morning he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried two stone tablets in his hands. The Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even the children and the third and fourth generations. 
Exodus 20, verses 4 through 6 says, You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. When we respond in obedience to what God has said, we position not only ourselves, but the generations after us, our children, our grandchildren. For a thousand generations, we position ourselves and our families for the blessings of the unfailing love of God. There is no greater place to be than in the unfailing love of God. You, I love what Jesus said. He said, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your heavenly Father, who is good, who is perfect, who is right, know how to give to those who love him, to those who have been called? What happens in our life as believers when we respond in obedience to what God has said is we position ourselves for the blessings and the benefits of what happened. When we respond in disobedience, we bring curses on our family. When we, fa- when we fail to follow the word of God and the instructions that God has given us, that's where, if you've ever heard the term before in the church, generational curses, that's where generational curses come into effect. Because the, the habits and the traits, well, that's how it's always been in our family, so that's how it'll always be. You ever heard that? You ever heard that said before? It's the effect of generational curses because someone up the family line made a decision to not respond in obedience to the word of God, but instead disobedience, rebellion, and sin, and opened your family up to what the curses of the enemy are and the impact and the difference that that makes in our lives. What happens when, what happens when you, you and I find ourselves in that position is that we have to understand that there is no curse that God cannot break. So when you and I say yes... To the, when you and I say yes to the, to the love of God and the salvation that God has for us, and we respond in obedience to what his word said, is that we position ourselves to experience God breaking off those generational curses. God will deliver us from those things. God will break those curses off of our life through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that he sent to us. So when we respond in obedience, we position ourselves for the blessings of God, unfailing love of God for a thousand generations. When we respond in disobedience, we experience the curses that rob us from the blessings and the benefits and the plans and the promises that God's intended for our lives for generations. So my decision to be obedient today doesn't just affect me. It affects the whole body. And it affects the generations of my family that come after me, and then ultimately it affects me directly. We see that again in those two passages of Scripture that I read from Exodus. When you and I don't respond in obedience to what God has said, we don't respond in obedience to what God has positioned, we rob ourselves of the blessings of the promises and the purposes that God has established for our lives. God wants to bless you. Tell your neighbor, God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. God, God's plans 
for you and I. We know it in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says it for, for my plans for you are to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. God's plans for us are good. So what happens when you and I respond in obedience is that we position ourselves for the blessings that God has for us, for the plan of God, for the will of God, like we've been talking about in Romans chapter 12, verse number two, to walk in the perfect will, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God, to experience peace in the middle of all the chaos and the, and the, and the uncertainty that the world has, to have a joy that gives us this hope, that gives us this confidence, that gives us all of these things. Because what happens in those moments is that we're, we're living not on our own strength, but on His. We're living based upon what His word, what His plan, and what His promises are for our lives. So when we respond in obedience to the word of God, we position ourselves to experience the blessings and the benefit and the, and the impact that His word has for our lives as believers, that his word has for us as the church and as the body of Christ. So I want to share three things with you about the impact of obedience in our life, not just that it affects us individually, generationally, and and collectively as the body of Christ, uh, but also the impact that it has on on each one of us uh, personally and what happens when we respond uh, in that obedience. You still with me? You still good? You want me to stop there? Austin said he was hungry earlier, so I, I didn't want to slow anybody down if they were feeling the need to go ahead and, uh, and experience the uh, blessings of lunch uh, that, the, that the Lord has provided. Okay, so I, I, was, <laughs> I wrestled with dividing this message up. I, I wrestled with splitting this message up. And, and at the end of it, uh, through prayers and consultation with the Holy Spirit and my wife, um, I made it one. Uh, your spouse... Is is your prayer your biggest prayer partner um, as believers, and so uh, you walk in those things together. And so um, I shared with her all of it that I had, and I said, "Pray about this with me, and tell me what you think." And so she came back, and and she told me what she thought, and I responded in obedience. And so um, no, <laughs> so um, so I've really prayed about this because I wanted to see, but I, I really think that the thing that we have to understand as, as the church and as believers is that our obedience and our disobedience does affect us in those three ways. It affects us individually, it affects us generationally, it affects us collectively. Uh, but something powerful happens when you and I respond in obedience to what God has said. Hear me, you cannot fulfill the law of God that you find in the Old Testament on your own. You can't. Uh, the reason that I know you can't is because Jesus came in the New Testament <laughs> to fulfill the Old Testament. Um, he had to meet the full requirements of the law in order for you and I to be able to meet the full requirements of the law so that we would experience the blessings and the benefits and the purposes and the plans that God has for us. So hear me when I say this today, because I don't want you to go home and start reading through um, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and finding out all of the things um, that, that the law says because you'll find yourself extremely overwhelmed um, and, and trying to meet all of those things. This is what God calls of you and I. He calls us to say yes to the salvation that God has for us. How do we do that? Through repentance, um, through baptism, through the instructions that God's given us in the Word and the New Testament. So Jesus has paid the price. So we respond in obedience by following, uh, by following the Word of God, by following the revelation of the Holy Spirit and, and that impact in our lives. Paul says it like this in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16, live by the Spirit. 
live by the Spirit. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit for you and I so that we would live according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh, not according to our past, but that we would live with the revelation and the insight of what Jesus had given us so we would be able to walk in obedience today to what God is is calling us to do, to what God is instructing us to do as the church. So that way, when we find ourselves in a situation and we don't have time to go and figure out exactly what the Word of God says, word for word, or what the law of God says, the Holy Spirit leads us. So the Holy Spirit brings that revelation. The Holy Spirit brings that insight. So when you and I respond in obedience to what God has said, we position ourselves for blessing. So I want to share these three things with you real quick. Tell your neighbor real quick. You all said that like you didn't believe me. (laughs) Uh, Real quick, all right? So number one, all right, the impact of obedience in our life. Number one, obedience, obedience removes the curse. Obedience removes the curse. What happens when I respond in obedience to what God has said is it removes the curse off of my life. When I say yes to the love of Jesus, when I say yes to what the Holy Spirit has instructed me to do, when I step out in faith in obedience to what God has said and obedience to what His Holy Spirit has led me to do, I position myself for the blessings and the benefits of what God has intended for my life. So we see those things in the Old Testament. We see the things that happens in our life when we say yes and we respond in obedience to what God has said. When we give, when we tithe, when we give above the tithe, when we respond in those ways, we position ourselves for the blessings and the benefits of what God has intended for us because we are living according to His plan for our lives, not the world's. The world's plans will never make sense with God's. Okay? But if we respond in obedience to what God has said, we open ourselves up for the blessings and the benefits of what God has positioned and what God has purposed for our lives. You've heard me share Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10, many, many times. I, I usually share it before we pray over every offering, and I've shared uh, the message, and I'm, I'm going to be sharing it again this year, and some different things that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about that, but on why we give the 10. Uh, why we tithe, why we, why we do those things. And understanding that the, the purpose of all of that is because of what we are positioning ourselves for and reaping the blessings and the benefits of what God has established for us. When I tithe, it's not, uh, it's not because I feel guilty. It's because I understand what God's intended for me, what God's purpose for me. When I take everything that I have, which comes from him, and I submit it back to him. So and, and those steps, and here's the deal, uh, a lot of times that takes that requires a step of faith. But when the Holy Spirit spoke to me about the importance of tithing and the blessing and the benefit that that has for my life, and I responded in obedience to what he said, I opened myself up for the blessings of God in ways that I didn't even understand in the moment. And the same is, is, is continually true. I've shared with you stories before about times where God put it on my heart uh, to, give, uh, to give money away. One of my, uh, one of my, all-time, uh, one of my all-time favorites was um, just after the Lord had called me to preach full-time, and I didn't have a full-time ch- church position. I didn't have six months of preaching dates lined out uh, for the next you know, however long. All... Listen, and hear, hear me when I say this. Good-meaning people and people that love you and that care about you uh, will even sometimes not understand when God calls you to respond in obedience to do something, okay? Um, because when, I, when, when the Lord called me to preach, I knew at nine years old, I knew it, well, I, I was eight, just before I turned nine, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and God called me to preach. 
And so I knew from right then and there, I knew that that's what I was supposed to do. So every opportunity that I had to be around preachers, pastors, those that were ministering, I, I took advantage of those moments because I wanted to learn from them and I wanted to serve and wanted to have those opportunities. And so I was, was homeschooled and worked um, at the same time. And uh, at the end of my schooling and was still working full time, the Lord put it on my heart, quit your job and preach. It's time for you to preach full time. And I didn't have a calendar full of stuff. And uh, many people were confused by that. They didn't understand that. You know, well, so you've got that much to preach that you don't have to work? No, 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 that's not what God said. God said, quit your job and preach. And here's the deal. There are a lot of times that God will lead us to those moments, to those faith moments, and it's not, uh, it's not about what is God telling you to do or what is God telling me to do, and it has to look the exact same. It's what God is leading you and I personally in our relationship with him as we're growing and as we're walking and as we're learning and as we're experiencing the things that he has for us in our life. So I was at that moment where I had just quit my job. It was my last day. So I went with my friends, Jonesboro at the time, um, still didn't have a lot of good places to eat. They got all of those after I left. I moved to Camden, and then all these great places came in, and uh, you know all of the all of the things that really you don't need, but you think you do. And so, um, so I don't know what that was about. But so we we would go. I would go with my friends. We would go over to uh, we would go over to Memphis, and we would go over. We went to On the Border Mexican restaurant over there, and and we had all a group of us had sat down. I think we were celebrating one of my buddy's birthdays, and. We were sitting there eating, and we got to the end of the meal, and the Lord told me to give the waitress $100. And that was fine, except for the fact that I still had a car payment and insurance and gas and all these other things that I had to do, and I just quit my job. And I told the Lord, um, I, don't, I don't think that's what you meant. <laughs> $100? How about $10? Let's, let's, and, and here's the deal. Um, God's not, it's, you don't barter with the Lord. <laughs> uh, you can barter with him, but you're bartering, you're bartering away your blessing. And so I'll never forget that moment. And I, have, I was preaching. I had been preaching for the last several years. I started when I was 15, so I was filling in at churches almost every Sunday. I was preaching on a regular basis. And so I'm preaching the Word. We know what the Word is. If you've been with Jesus for any amount of time, you know these things of what God has said. And so I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. I know God is telling me to do this. And I just right there in that moment, I'm like, there is no way. I can't. There's no way. There's no way. I can't afford it. I can't. I cannot afford it. It's impossible. And, uh, and so that, that waiter left, and all my buddies were done, and so they were starting to get up and go out, and I was sitting there, and I knew what was going to happen if I wasn't obedient. I just immediately started going back and thinking about all of the different times in the Word of God where people didn't respond in obedience to what the Lord said. And I was like, no, 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 no. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, well, when they come back, I'm just going to do it. I, I'm just going to do it. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and they're not coming back. And I was like, I missed it. I missed my moment. I missed my moment. I began praying, Lord, please let them come back. Please. And so they came back, and I gave them that. And I just told them, you know, hey, the Lord, uh, the Lord told me to give this to you. And I don't know if you know him, and I don't know where you're at or what's going on in your life. But God's thinking about you, and he loves you. And, and this is just to bless you. And uh, God didn't give me an instruction to to say anything more specific than that, to lead them into any kind of salvation. That wasn't the whole purpose of it. The purpose of it was that I was being obedient to what he said to do. And so I gave it. And, uh, and the whole way home, I'm you know, running numbers in my head, and I'm thinking about how in the world that I'm going to be able to make it and what I'm going to do and because and, there's just no way. And that Sunday morning, I was preaching. I was filling out at a church. And before 
um, I got done uh, at that church that morning as I was walking to the back door. I had someone that stopped me and said, hey, the Lord put this on my heart for me to give this to you. Uh, and it was a $100 bill when they pulled back their hand. And before I got all the way to the back door, another person stopped me and said, hey, the Lord put this on my heart to give this to you. And, and, and so I had another $100 bill, and I went into the pastor's office. He'd been ill, and so he hadn't been preaching. And so I was visiting with him, and I was talking to him, and, and he gave me the, the fill-in amount, just a small honorarium to say thank you for preaching, which was a blessing. But he turned around, and he said, hey, the Lord put it on my heart personally to give this to you. And so in that day, it was, it was more than three times the amount of what I had expected to receive. But because of what I had done you know, three days before, I had positioned myself for the blessings and the benefits of what God intended and what God purposed for my life. And it's why, as your pastor, I say all the time, you can't outgive God. When the Lord puts it on your heart to do something or the Lord challenges you and I to do something, it's not because God is trying to take something from us. It's because he's trying to bless us in ways that we can't even begin to imagine, in ways that we can't even begin to understand. So it opened up the blessings of God. And so what it taught me was in a season where I may not know where it's coming from next, I had positioned myself to experience the blessings and the benefits of what God had intended and what God had purposed for me. So when I hear the Lord say, do, instead of hesitating like I did as much then, I began to respond in obedience now. And I began to understand I'm positioning myself for the blessings and the benefits of what God has intended and what God has purposed for me. Do you know what happens when we as the church respond in obedience to what God has said? It not only removes the curse, but secondly, it releases his blessings. Obedience releases God's blessings in our life. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless me. God has, God has intended and God has purposed to pour out blessings on our life. So those moments when we respond in obedience to what he said, not only are we breaking curses off of our life, curses off generational curses off of our family, curses off of the body of Christ as a whole, but we are positioning ourselves, our family, and the church for an outpouring of the blessings of God to experience the abundance of what God has for us. Because God's not interested in just making sure that you have enough. He's making sure that you understand how much you're loved. Isn't it amazing what you do for somebody when you love them? <laughs> you'll, you'll do anything that you can to express that love, to show that love. You'll, you'll, you'll spend everything you've got. You'll go through everything that you possibly can to extend that love. God is the same way with us. That's why I sent a son. He sent the thing that meant the absolute most to him so that you and I would experience the salvation and life and the hope that he's intended and that he's purposed for us. And it positions us for the blessings and the benefit that God has for our lives. Thirdly, and finally, Austin and Haley, you can come. It reveals God's perfect will. Obedience reveals God's perfect will. When you and I respond in obedience to what God has said, it positions us to be able to step into other moments. It positions us to step into other opportunities to experience the blessings and the benefits of what God has and the perfect will and the plan of God being fulfilled in our lives. Saying, saying yes to the Lord in that moment positioned me to be able to preach and to be able to serve and to be able to do other things that if I was still working a full-time job, I would have never been able to. And so saying yes to God in a moment when I didn't know what was coming up next opened up the door for me to be able to serve in other areas. You know, and that's why I tell, I, I used to tell our students all the time, pray about what the Lord wants you to do next in your life. 
So many times we want to look at our life and we want to try to put together this beautiful master plan and I'm going to do this and I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there and this is what it's going to look like. I, I thought I had that all figured out, you know. <laughs> how, many, how many of you have been there? You thought you had it all figured out? I, I figured I would just do kind of like my mom and dad did. I would meet my wife when I was in high school and we would get married when... I was 18, and she was just a couple years older than me because that's how my parents did it. So that's what made sense. And so, and and uh, and so, I you know, I ha- I had it all planned out of how it was going to be and how it was going to go and how the whole process was going to, and and. And what happens in our life when we begin to do that is we set ourselves up for disappointments because of expectations that we put that God never had. And then we get frustrated with the Lord because God, you haven't answered my prayer. But God's saying you don't understand my timing. You don't understand the blessings that I have for you. If you'll just listen to me and be obedient today, I'll position you tomorrow for where you need to be to experience the best that I have for you, the best that I have planned for you, my goodness, my favor, my blessings in your life. So saying yes to what God said, it didn't make sense. I didn't go to college. I prayed about it. Visited all of our AG colleges just about. I mean, I I was laboring over the process. Why? Because you go to high school and you go to college. Or do you do what the Lord tells you to do? And I remember after the last college that I visited and I fell in love with, I was like, man, this is great. But I was going to graduate with about $55,000 in student loans. And I, and I said, you know, my response to that was, if the Lord says yes to college, he'll pay for it. He'll make a way. One way or another, God will make a way. I believe that. I firmly believe that. But if it's not the path that I'm supposed to take, then that's not the direction that I'm going to go. And I'll never forget after that last visit and and, and praying about it, fasting about it, asking the Lord what to do, God told me no. (laughs) And it was just a couple of weeks later that I had a pastor that had had really come alongside me uh, who had poured a lot into my life, loved the Lord, was faithful. He came to me and he said, hey, I just got back from our district council, our AG district council in Arkansas. And he said, they're starting up this new thing called Arkansas School of Ministry. And he said, it's for you to be able to pursue your credentials. And he said, if you'll go, I'll pay for it. By the end of that weekend, that was on a Friday, by the end of that weekend, there were two other individuals that came to me and said, hey, I've heard about this new thing called Arkansas School of Ministry. If you'll go, I'll pay for it. So while the Lord didn't send me to college and he sent me to Arkansas School of Ministry, God still paid for it. (laughs) Because what happens when we position ourselves for obedience to what God said is it opens the door for us. If I wouldn't have said yes then, I wouldn't have been able to serve as the interim pastor at Paragold First Assembly at 18. I would have been going to college. I wouldn't have been able to say yes to our former pastor uh, who called me at 19 and asked me to come and serve as the youth and associate pastor here at Camden First Assembly because I would have been in college. But the Lord in his perfect plan and the ordering of his steps, God knows exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. And so the Lord orders our steps. And when we respond in obedience to what God has said, we position ourselves to not only experience the curses removed off of our life, but for the blessings of God to be poured out and for the perfect will of God to be revealed. Because more oftentimes than not, it's not until God has brought us to the next season that we look back on the last and we go, so that's why you didn't want me to do that. I didn't understand. I let what other people thought, what I thought, the old patterns and systems of this world try to determine what was happening and what was taking place. But when I just sit back and I trust the Lord and I know what He has said in His Word and I know what His Holy Spirit has spoken to me and I respond in obedience to what He said today, I position myself for the blessings and the best of what God has for me. 
And there is nothing in this world that can take away the peace of God, the will of God, the blessings of God, and the freedom that he has for our lives.